0: Hey, Attest to Hygiene listeners, Jack here again to ask for your feedback on the show. Just head to the show notes for the link to our listener survey, and you'll get access to five documents on sustainability in the absorbent hygiene industry. These documents will help you accurately speak on the topic of sustainability and continue to meet the sustainability demands that your customers are asking for. And now we'll get on to the episode. I hope with our last two episodes, you haven't gotten your fill on the America's market just yet, because we've got some more insights for you today. After I wrapped up my interview with Kelly Rieger and Augusto Quiros, Augusto mentioned he had more insights that he had collected and would like to share. So we'll be going a bit deeper on three different topics in the Latin America market today with Augusto. Welcome to Attach to Hygiene, the podcast that enables you to grow your knowledge and influence in the absorbent hygiene industry. My name is Jack Hughes, and my mission is to help you, the absorbent hygiene article producer, design and produce the best possible products to meet the needs of your customers. On today's episode, we're speaking with Augusto Quiros again. Augusto has been supporting article producers and building relationships throughout the Latin American hygiene industry for over 20 years. And he's sharing some extra bits of information that he collected but wasn't able to share in our last two episodes on the Americas. He'll be touching on dynamics in the menstrual health and period care market, what he's seeing when it comes to sustainable products and packaging in the region, and how the use of technology by parents throughout the region is making their lives and the lives of their babies easier. Augusto, welcome back. Thank you for agreeing to join us for a couple more minutes to to share some additional information that you had. I know one of the topics or you mentioned a few different topics of additional information that you had. And so we'll just kind of go through each one of those. And the first one was feminine care or or menstrual health and and that market and some of the changes that you're seeing in Latin America. So can you share some of the information that you gathered from our team and, and some of the other contacts we have in the industry about the menstrual health and feminine care market?
1: Sure, Jack. You know, when we talk to our friends, customers, colleagues, etc., across the region, we understand the differences country by country, depending on age, depending on education. But a common topic is on menstrual health products is the more frequent use of the menstrual cup. You know, it has been an important evolution of that product, in particular with younger generation so femcare products really need to be more agile dynamic because the new generation are more inclined to use the menstrual cup these days the acceptance of the product is much higher compared to five years ago i would say so it's very dynamic you know country by country you see these kind of products more affordable easy to buy online or in pharmacies or in supermarkets. So it's an interesting topic. There are different brands, different regulations, but, you know, wherever you, we go, wherever we see care products or menstrual products is a common trend. And when talking to, to new generation, they are also feeling the responsibility to adopt these new products because they believe they are, Putting a little effort towards sustainability as well, so by reducing the menstrual cup. So it's interesting. Again, our hygiene market is super dynamic, and this is another example of how these uh, menstrual products are evolving, you know, day by day or year by year.
0: Yeah, and we're certainly seeing that in in other markets as well. I I don't know many people who are using the menstrual cup, but you hear about it. You there's several companies out there selling them, so you know, they're growing in popularity, but it's, I was a little surprised when you told me that it was, or when you said that it's growing in Latin America too, but it makes sense based on what you said. Based on the conversations you had, is it, is it more to do with sustainability or is it cost or is it something else or a combination?
1: I think it's a combination. Obviously, it's not a very cheap product. It depends on of the disposable income of each uh, person, but when we talk to younger generation they believe that okay it is time to invest let's call it that way for a menstrual cup instead of buying a number of regular pads packages right and uh, probably it's convenience i don't know (laughs) but a combination of multiple factors certainly is a trendy topic and i think we will see more and more
0: i would not be surprised if we see the popularity of the menstrual cup the menstrual cup continue to grow in the coming months and years. And I think it's inevitable that it becomes a very large part of the market. We've seen we've had other guests come on and say, you know, it's not it's not preferred by everyone, you know, that sometimes the sizing can be an issue and you know, comfort level is something that some people don't find, you know, they don't find it comfortable to to wear or to use. But I think we'll definitely see it becoming a much larger part of the market. Right.
1: And Latin America if we have been in this conversation 10 years ago i would say jack is this product was not even in the radar and today is <laughs> very common when you see the access especially for e-commerce
0: yeah i had heard of it you know a couple of years ago but i'm i'm not really sure how long it's been on the market but i would probably say the same thing in other regions too maybe it was a little earlier in in europe maybe it was a little earlier in the us but you know Certainly, see it becoming a, a huge trend across the world uh, from a sustainability standpoint. And then I know in places like India and Africa, they're being used as a an option that is reusable um, and, and easy to clean, and um, kind of helps with some of the taboo issues too. And I'm sure potentially in parts of Latin America, that's also a motivator as well. But certainly, as you said, the the trend around sustainability or the movement towards more sustainable products is is driving it a ton and um, yeah, you certainly going to continue to see that, I'm, I'm sure.
1: Indeed, indeed, Jack. So that's a topic to keep an eye on it, or the, the producers in the regions will continue putting extra features in their products and see how the customers or why the, customer prefer, the end user prefer to adopt either reusable products or a disposable product.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. Now, related to that, I know another topic that you mentioned having having some more insights on was sustainability. So what's happening there in the Latin America region around sustainability?
1: Well, Jack, in Latin America in recent years, governments have put a special attention of the single use of plastic bags. I will understand that this is not new, for example, for Europe. But uh, if you allow me, when we go to the USA, we see that plastic bags are common because it is part of their lives. In Latin America, that trend has changed. Is now receiving kind of a bad observation about just using plastic bags because of the sake of having a plastic bag. So we have seen that our disposable producers are putting extra attention of the content of those plastic bags. It is a step towards a sustainability effort. So what we are seeing in Latin America is that there are a number of new components of the plastic bags that are used in a baby diaper package, for example. So that will continue happening. It's not new. It has started some years ago. But now with the new regulation in different countries, we understand that that will be more rapid change in terms of better use of plastic bags.
0: Yeah, and that was something I was kind of Unaware of as well. You you hear about all the trends in Europe and and obviously me being based in the US, certainly hear about different regulations or changes in the market and, and around sustainability for for the US. But Latin America certainly kind of a blind spot for me. So I think it's great to hear that you know you're seeing regulations put in place, not just companies or individuals looking to make the change, but you know, governmental, governmental entities making that change and putting rules in place to limit the use of plastic bags and, and things like that, which is, is only going to help the environment. And hopefully, maybe it could it could lead to some some momentum in the United States as well, where, like I said, things are a little slower um, outside of a few states or or cities.
1: Right, Jack. And I'm not an expert in the field, but there are different ways of making plastic bags, especially for this kind of product. So, what we have seen is that there are also degradable plastic bags or, or plastic bags made of reused materials, etc. So there is a couple of parents in front of a baby diaper shelf in the supermarket that can attract them to say, okay, why should I buy this brand or the other brand? Maybe the package could be a particular point of grabbing some attention, say I'm making a more responsible buying effort. So, this is something to keep an eye on it as well, because new generation are thinking about how they impact the war by the product they buy.
0: Yeah, and certainly, if if brands can can differentiate themselves in that way, it's a way to kind of get ahead in this market that, in all reality, is still growing. In the the last episode, we talked about the, the potential of adult incontinence. There talked about still the the growth that is there in fem care um, and menstrual health products, and still, you know, it's. One of the places in in the Americas where or, you know the several countries in in the region continuing to see growth in birth rates, uh, one of the few places as opposed to you know the u s. and Canada where we're not seeing as much growth there. So there's still a lot of potential there. Obviously, still a lot of competition. So if companies can can differentiate themselves that way, it's a way to to grow some market share there with these consumers who are starting to to purchase more of these absorbent hygiene products
1: indeed, Jack. So, um... This market continues to be dynamic, changing every year, and also trying to meet with regulations country by country. But when we travel the region, we see different regulations are in place. I think the governments, depending on the city of specific countries, they are also adapting more quickly to these efforts of having a responsible product.
0: Yeah, and it's great. It's great to see overall. Now, the last topic that you mentioned to me is having, having some more information on is technology. And you know we're seeing the use of technology, e-commerce, things like that growing across the globe. But you had some, some interesting insights on kind of the individual use of technology around products and with products, I believe particularly in baby care, right?
1: Right, Jack. And I have talked to colleagues, friends in different countries, and it was a very interesting topic in the new generation that when they have a baby, now they are using more technology than before. And for example, a couple of friends, good friends in Brazil, they were sharing with me that they are using an app in their phone to measure everything about the baby. That is understandable, but that also counts how many diapers they are putting to, to their baby or how frequent they are changing the baby diaper, etc. So that's completely new for me. You know, I, I'm a father, but I didn't use that technology some years ago. And today there is a good example how technology is also helping new parents to see, let's say, how frequent it is the time the diaper, or in other words, if the product is meeting their expectations. So it was interesting to, they show me, you know, a diaper can last eight hours, six hours, et cetera. And they are counting how many diapers they are wearing by week or by month. So that also helps them to make an economical decision in terms of, okay, what type of budget they have. So again, this is not new for many of our listeners, but something to share that, you know, technology also fits in decisions about, you know, what kind of products they are buying or how can make different efforts in terms of budget or convenience about diaper products.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned it's it may not be new for some of our listeners, definitely new for, for me as well. I, I don't have kids and so we haven't had to do that, but I think it's really interesting to hear about. And I think that, or I would think that there it's probably only a matter of time if they haven't done so already before some of the, the brands in the region start to take advantage of that, whether it's Cross promotion on the apps, or creating their own apps to to recommend products, and using some of the information in those apps to better understand their consumers. And so, I think that's <laughs> it. Was surprising to hear, but maybe you know, I, I think we'll, we'll probably see continue to see growth in that as well as brands. You know, as as parents see, see the benefit of the the tools like like apps, and then as brands look to. Uh, take advantage of some of the information that's collected and the opportunity to kind of have a captive audience there. I think that'll be really interesting. And similar to that, I, we're seeing apps like that, that I've heard of in, in the U.S. for, you know, menstrual health and period tracking and things like that. And I would imagine if you've got parents there who are receptive to these types of tools that, you know, people who are using period products, I would imagine are going to be very receptive to these types of tools as well, if, if they're not already.
1: Exactly, Jack. Yeah, the menstrual products apps are not new, but it's probably more common to help women to track their periods, etc. But now, for for baby diapers, it's like okay, I can put additional information about, you know, the baby size or baby weight, etc. And how these combine all together. And I don't know if in the future there will be an app that measures everything. You know, <laughs> these days technology evolves. So, we are using a lot of apps in our phones, you know, whatever we do as uh, professionals or or simply for for phone, et cetera. So that could be an opportunity to also have a more open dialogue with the end users,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's inevitable to not only, as you said, see some apps out there that kind of do it all for for a mom or for a parent to track periods, to track baby, the health and the the progression of the baby. Um, and then inevitably, we recommend products. But and as you said, we'll also certainly see brands take advantage of that, whether it's just using some of the information in there to get to better know their customers or actually making those product recommendations or referrals as well. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be a big part of the industry moving forward. And something that we've, we've talked about on some of the other episodes is kind of the advent or the introduction of these smart diapers um, we're seeing seeing them a lot in adult incontinence where they're connected to apps or to sensors and things like that. But I think we'll see it in both baby care and menstrual health as well, where we're gonna we're gonna start to have, you know, products passing along information to these apps or to other applications or software to be able to track the health of of the user as well. And I, I think that'll be a big A big change in the in the industry as far as innovation and technology goes in the future.
1: Indeed, Jack. You know, technology is here, now is the present, is the future. So new parents having their first baby, they will adopt a lot of different things that we used to do in the past. And that shows how this industry is moving forward, is adopting new features, is really trying to get in touch with the customers. And to me, technology doesn't replace the human touch of, you know, having a mom or a dad open a diaper or feeling, you know, how soft the, the top sheet is or, you know, how heavy, how thin or thick is the core, etc. But once they are more educated, they can jump it immediately to do a more electronical transactions or, let's say, technology-based decisions.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, as you said, you can't remove that human touch, but the the apps can certainly make life easier or allow them to make more informed decisions uh, for products or, or for the health of their themselves or their babies. So definitely here to stay. And then I think it'll be really fun to see how it evolves.
1: Right. So everything we hear, we keep you and our listeners posted. It's a fantastic market, very dynamic. So those are my additional thoughts in terms of what we are seeing these days in the region.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming back on, taking taking a little bit of time to, to share that additional insights you had with us. And yeah, certainly appreciate your, your time and, and your effort, Augusto, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jack, it's always a
0: pleasure. So there you have it. You now have some extra bits of information so you know what period products are gaining ground and what market-facing technologies to focus on to reach and support your consumers in Latin America. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, We're offering all of our listeners the chance to get five different documents covering several aspects of sustainability in the absorbent hygiene industry in exchange for taking our listener survey. You'll get a glossary, an additional terminology document, two white papers, and an overview of eco-labels sent from me directly to your inbox. This will take you less than one minute and would really help us to continue to grow the show into something our listeners will love. Just head to the show notes click the survey link, and answer four questions. That's it. I really appreciate your time and continued support of Attached to Hygiene. Attached to Hygiene is brought to you by Bostick and is hosted by me, Jack Hughes. It is produced and edited by me with the help of Paul Andrews, Michelle Tonkovitz, Emery Chernis, and Nikki Ackerman at Green Onion Creative. Our theme music is by Jonathan Boyle we'd like to extend a special thank you to Augusto Quiros for joining the show again. If you'd like to get in touch with Augusto, you can feel free to address emails to him at our email address, hygiene at bostic.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.